This is a presentation of LifePoint Church. Our mission is to make gospel-centered disciples of Jesus Christ. For more information, please visit sharethelife.org. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 49. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Good morning to all of you. I want to uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here sharing the word with you this morning. As Zach introduced us, uh, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, my name is Craig Fortunato, and it's my privilege to be able to bring a message to you this morning. And uh, I'm excited to close out this series. It's been a very helpful series to me and uh, to my wife, and so looking forward to what God has for us today as there's a gr lot of great news in this uh, section of our word this morning, in a section of our series, there's a lot of great news. And I'm praying, I'll just be flat out open and honest with it, I am praying that, I've been praying all week, the past three weeks I've been looking at this passage and praying that maybe, just maybe somebody in this room or online would receive Jesus Christ as the leader of their life and the forgiver of their sins, and they could be in a new position with God. So join me in that, uh, in praying for people today that the message would go forward and bear fruit in that way and, uh, and keep, you, keep you alert and active as you pray. So we started this series six weeks ago, and I am a part of a preaching team, and we got to hear Pastor West begin the series six weeks ago on In His Image, and uh, Wes was able to teach us about God, the, be the beginner of all things, the, the creator of all, who is an un uncreated being. 
Wes led us through the image of God. I am who I am. And then Zach took over the second, second slot there. Zach helped us in understanding image created, that we are created in his image. So God created man in his own image, and this is good news, good news of the gospel. We were created to be with him. Wes take over the third week, and he shared with us about image marred. We, were, we are people who have rebelled the word of the Lord that he had given to us, and we are now marred with sin, and now a chasm exists between God and his creation man. Uh, Wes did a good job leading us through that in Genesis chapter 3. Fourth week was Dale. Pastor Dale came and shared with us about good news, real good news coming in the form of Jesus. Jesus is image born. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. This is more good news from what God had started. This is more good news. And last week we got to hear Pastor Zach share with us again about image redeemed, beholding the glory of the image that we have been redeemed. We are beholding the glory, being transformed um, by his presence in our lives. And so the importance of just preaching that gospel to us repeatedly, preaching it to ourselves, that we can behold this image. And today, we're looking at image glorified. Image glorified. And so you heard through many of the songs that John led us in and team led us in this morning, just the, uh, the value, the importance that we get to as believers in Jesus, that we get the hope. We get the hope that this isn't it, that this isn't as good as it gets. It gets much, much much, much better with the hope of heaven. So the image glorified. One of the verses that Phil read us was, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. And this is a fantastic verse where we get to hear about a creator who is uncreated, bring life from dust in the form of man, and then be able to give us eternal life an image revealed in his son Jesus coming to this world to die and raise again. Back when I was a youth pastor, uh, we trained kids on how to share the gospel, how to share their faith. And we used an acronym called the gospel. And we used an acronym called the gospel. And so it, it goes, we, we would train these kids in this at a big conference. And then they would get the opportunity to go door to door out in the public and share the gospel with people. G, God created us to be with him. O, our sins have separated us from God. S, sins cannot be erased by good deeds. P, paying the price, Christ died. E, everyone who trusts in Christ will have life eternal. And L, life eternal, means that we'll be with Jesus forever. Kids were able to learn the gospel and be able to share the gospel in under a minute or longer if, if the, the opportunity presented itself. And this has stayed with me ever since then. And I think that's really, really what is God is doing with this series as well. I want to bring up for us a reminder here. I forgot to bring this up with me. I got too excited to come up and preach. Bring up for us a reminder. We've been going through this puzzle. 
We've been talking about this puzzle as we're creating a worldview and this gospel is shared in this puzzle. I mean, this, this puzzle is a reminder of how our worldview is created. And so piece by piece, these guys have been, been preaching before me. They brought up this puzzle, a thousand piece puzzle. They brought up another puzzle and they were messing with us by dumping it on the ground and then mixing the two puzzles together. And so today, we're gonna put the puzzle together. <laughs> Someone's gonna put this puzzle together. Someone's gotta put this puzzle together, but not this morning. We gotta see a picture of this being, puzzle being put together later on. But this, today we're looking at how this puzzle, this worldview is created. We're trying to put the corners together through our, our series here. We're trying to put the corners together to get a framework, to get the sides together. And there are, there's a thousand pieces, but there's way more many pieces to our our worldview, how we construct our worldview, how we go forward in making choices and decisions and viewpoints. And we do this with the Word of God being our, our direction, our motor, our inspiration, our resource. The Word of God is what is guiding us. And we all need help moving forward day by day, constructing our worldview, constructing that puzzle. But this is what helps us do that, okay? Now, we may not feel like we get all the pieces put together in our lifetime, and we probably won't. But there is a puzzle piece that we get to hear today that we have a hope, that we are not left here forever, uh, that we have a hope in heaven that will give us image glorified, that we will have a resurrected body. We've talked about a book that has helped us, and one, uh, one of our men's life groups, led by Tim Gates and Ross Ridgway, uh, oriented us to this book, and it's been very, very helpful, okay? So this is The Story of Reality, written by Gregory Kukul. I really recommend that you buy this book, and I mean it. I'll stomp my foot. I mean it. If you have children, if you have grandchildren, if you have a faith in Jesus, and you are looking for a resource that is quite easy to read, but very informative and Bible-saturated, this is a great resource to help you understand the difficulties of life. It leads us through God, man, Jesus, cross, and resurrection. It leads you right through the gospel of helping to make sense of some of these puzzle pieces. And uh, this is actually where we got that imagery of using the puzzles from this book. Gregory Kukul, great work and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys put this on your library and helping you inform yourselves and your families. So please check out that book. Today we get to see what the puzzle looks like in the end. In glory, there is no missing pieces. In glory, in heaven, it all comes together. We get to see the puzzle come together and there's no missing pieces. We have questions. I have questions. You have unanswered questions. I have unanswered questions and we get to see those resolved one day. We get to see what this puzzle looks like. Uh, there will be no more confusion in heaven. We will see together how it all works. Uh, the question that we're gonna deal with with our, our passage today in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is, so what happens to us when we die? So what happens to us when we die? That's a popular question that everyone's gonna ask themselves. Oftentimes you ask yourself, yourself that question at a funeral, at a memorial. You'll ask yourself, man, what is gonna happen? Where is that person going? And, but it's a question that we will just tip the scale with oftentimes. We will just taste it. We will just put our toe barely into the water to, to see any sort of answer. 
most people are, are interested and do believe in heaven. Fewer people are interested and believe in hell. Today we're going to hear a little bit about both. It's interesting, though, that, that people have a, a better imagery and perspective of hell than they do of heaven. It's hard to wrap our minds around an eternal life in either heaven or hell, especially heaven, because it's, I think hell gets the attention because uh, we, we like to look at vice situations. We, we, it entertains us longer, it lasts longer in our memories. While most people believe in heaven, not very many people know about it. What happens to us when we die? We will all die. We will all die, we know this. The results have come in. We all will die. And we will all live forever. We have this promise, we will all live forever in the afterlife and there is two destinations. There is heaven to be with God and with him continually forever and ever and ever. Or for those who have resisted and rejected and rebelled against his plan of receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and that destination is hell forever and ever and ever. Our first point here as we're looking into the passage is to see that we are buried. The passage, Paul is talking to the Corinthians about resurrection. They have questions and so he is answering these questions to help them understand that there is a resurrection for the believers in Christ. There is a promised hope. There is a truth that you will rise again in Jesus. He's talking to the Christians of Corinth. We are buried, sown like a seed. Sown like a seed. Now, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no grounds crew member or anything like this, but I do know that you put a pumpkin seed or a mustard seed or an apple seed on the counter, it's going to stay there until it gets swept away. Nothing is going to happen on the counter. But you put that pumpkin seed in some soil in the earth and add a little water and spark something happens. That seed dies and life comes forward in the plant. A spark happens. Something happens. Just like what happened with each one of us in our mother's womb, a spark happened and life began. So this seed is talking about this, our bodies, Paul is talking about, is that we are buried. We are sown like a seed planted in the ground, into the earth is where we go. We will all die, and this life we will be perishable. Read with me verses 36 through 38. It says, you foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen into each kind of seed its own body, its uniqueness, its own body. But it will be buried. It will be sown like a seed. You see, this place, this world, this time that we are sitting in here right now, this is not our home. And this body has got a shelf life to it. We are perishable. I am perishable. My days are numbered. This is good news. <laughs> because we have home to waiting for. 
we all have an, an unknown expiration date, perishable. We will be put back into the earth. This place is not our home, and it's not for a place to last. You're going to tear your ankles. You're going to tear your ACLs. You're going to have autoimmune diseases. You're going to have a congenital mitral valve prolapse heart defect. You're going to have cancer. You're going to have ailments. You're going to have illnesses. That's because we're walking in a world that is corrupt with sin. This is not God's plan. This is not God's design. But this is where we find ourselves today because of our rebellion. This is because we thought we knew better. And so we walk in this world trusting God, that he has a plan. And we have questions. We have questions to this worldview, and we can look to God knowing that he is worthy of being trusted. We can look to God knowing that he is faithful. He's been faithful yesterday, and he'll be faithful today, and he'll be faithful tomorrow. So we know from this passage, and we know from life that we will all die, and this body will be put to rest. It can't last forever. Shoot, I know this, this, this body isn't going to last me another few, 20, 30 years at this rate. We don't know how long we have. We have a shelf life. We don't look at point two. We are resurrected. Paul goes on to talk about we'll be raised in glory imperishable. Read verses 42 and 43 with me. So is it with the resurrection of the dead? What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. We have this promise. Not only will we die and our bodies will be corrupt and it will be perishable and they will go into the ground and they will begin to decay. But we have this promise that for those of us in Christ, that our spirit will go immediately to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body will be present with the Lord. We'll be immediately in his presence. Our spirit will be in his presence. And when Jesus comes to return as he has promised, we will all be met up with him together with our resurrected bodies. And these resurrected bodies, I don't have a full grasp on this, but the glimpse is, is amazing. It is amazing for me to think about what it will be like with a resurrected body. I was visiting with some friends of, of mine that come to church here. They've been coming faithfully for years and years, and they're at home. They both have had surgery this past week, and they're recovering at home. They're watching on, online right now. And, I, and, and they've been married for 60-plus years. He's 90. She doesn't like me telling that he's 90 because she can no longer say she's 39 anymore but she's been losing, losing weight, losing weight. And uh, so I thought I would help her, and so I came over and brought her a box of, of pills from Lamar's. <laughs> it seems to work for me, I thought it might work for her. <laughs> and so they received that well, but as I was sharing with them, we were just visiting in their, in their room together as they're both recovering very well, I shared with them as I could just envision how my 52-year-old body aches and has its pains. I think about being 90. And I started sharing with them. I was like, this, 
You guys, you got to listen this week because I'm going to share about the hope that we have of one day being reunited with Jesus in a new body, a body built for eternity. That's a different kind of body. This body can't make it 70, 80 years. This body that God is going to grant me is going to last me a hundred, five hundred years. <laughs> We're just getting warmed up. And it's going to go and go and go. And it won't fail. It won't have aches and pain. It won't have arthritis. It won't have cancer. These are, this is a vocabulary that won't exist in heaven. This is the hope that we have. And we don't put our minds into this hope as often as we should because it, it informs our behavior. As we realize and we know this is not it. This is not as good as it gets, Jack Nicholson. This is just the beginning. Just a speck of time before what's gonna happen. And that informs, when I look at that, when I pay attention to that, that makes me wanna live differently. That makes me wanna talk to my hairstylist a little bit differently. We are resurrected. I wanna share with you this word glory that was used seven times in our passage. Glory is the Greek word doxa. It means splendor, brightness, shining, radiance, amazing power. And praise, speaking words of honor and glory. Isn't that a beautiful name? The word doxa means glory in our language. I wanted to name our youngest daughter Glory. But we thought that might get confused with other names. And so we named her Jamie. <laughs> and it's been working ever since. But I think glory, what a powerful word. What a beautiful word. It could be a beautiful name. Glory, doxa. As I shared with my friends over the box of donuts about what we're gonna be talking about and this renewed body that's gonna last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and just be victorious in this afterlife of heaven. He tipped his head back and he raised his hands and he said glory, glory that we would be renewed with him. And that, yes, we won't feel these aches and pains, but we'll be reunited with him forever. And that is good. He is so very, very good. Our resurrected bodies will appear as us, but totally new for a new eternal life without sin, disease, ache, and fear. We're going to look like ourselves on the shell. You know, Jesus, when he returned, his disciples finally, they caught wind. They, they're like, that's you in his resurrected body. So we're going to look similar as ourselves, but it's going to last forever. This is going to be a super body. This is going to give me a chance at dunking a basketball in heaven. There is a destination for us who believe in Christ, but I also want to pause, and I want to pause for this reason because I think it's important that we, we, we share these things as well, that while we have this blessed hope of heaven, eternal, life forever with Jesus, 
there are those who say, that's not for me. You know, I don't, I don't choose to believe the worldview that you believe, Craig, and I do not believe in Jesus Christ. In fact, I reject him. I refuse him. I have a better way. And I have friends and family who have believed this way and have died that way. Hell is a real place. Hell is a place of banishment from God's presence. Let me read for you from 2 Thessalonians 1.9. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Hell is a place of banishment from God's presence forever. Hell is a place of unspeakable torment. Matthew 8, 12. Jesus says, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is Jesus' words. This is my Lord and Savior's words. These are his. These are not my words. These are his when we reject him. Hell is a place of unspeakable torment. And the conscious torment and suffering of those banished by God will never end. Revelation says this, chapter 20. Then I saw a great throne, a great white throne, and him who was seated on it from the presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Hell is a real place. And we don't like to talk, talk about it. We, like, we, don't, we like to walk around our day believing it doesn't exist, but it continues to exist. And it exists for those people who have rejected Jesus. The thought of eternity, time spent, 100 years, 500 years, eternity, has actually been very challenging for me to think of this, this specifically this past week, specifically this past week. I have a hard time wrapping my mind and getting a, a full glimpse of what eternity looks like. And in his book, The Story of Reality, George, or I'm sorry, Gregory Kukul, he referenced a man from the 1600s, Dominique Bohars. He says this, when a damned soul shall have shed tears enough to fill all the rivers of the world, even if he should shed but one a century, he will be no near deliverance after so many millions of years. He will only have begun to suffer. Hmm. 
I'm going to leave that up there for you to reread a couple times. It took me a couple times to reread this to help me gain traction about what eternity is like. I mentioned earlier in our passage, our, our time together today, about the power of his word. And Paul writes in verse 49, he says, Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. These are for the people who are in Christ. In Christ. Born again. In Christ. We get the rich treasure of being made from an uncreated God, created in his image, given the gift of image reborn of Jesus, who has humbled himself by leaving the harmony of heaven to this world of disease and corruption, to live a life of perfection and of influence and of love and sincerity and truth. And he and he offered it all as God on the cross, choosing to die, choosing to die, willingly dying a terrible death so that we may have peace with God if we would receive him as our Lord, as our Savior. Do you hear the good news that is being offered to you? It was good. We were created in his image, and then it got bad, and it got bad real quick when we sinned and separated ourselves from God forever. He is holy. He is holy, and we can only be made righteous by a great exchange happening with Jesus. Jesus' righteousness covers us when we receive him as Lord and Savior. When Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We will be good because he is good. We will be holy because he is holy. We will be transformed to be as he is. What a blessing hope that is for us. And it happens for us. He's the one creating all the effort. So what I'm trying to say to you today is my idea that I'm gathering from our passage here is we anchor our faith in Jesus. He gives us, he gifts us with the hope of resurrection with him forever. It's a gift that he gives us. When we anchor our faith in Jesus, he gifts us with the hope of resurrection with him forever. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? A more penetrating question is, does he know you? Are you known by Jesus? We all miss our loved ones, those of us who have been left behind and those who have passed before us from old age or maybe even suddenly, and we miss those loved ones who have died, and we can't wait to see them again for those who are in Christ, but do you know Jesus to the level that the first person you can't wait to see when you get to heaven is actually Jesus? It's Jesus. And it will be a great reunion for those who have gone before us that we can see them and be with them once again. I told you this past week has been challenging for me because it was just four, week, four years ago that 
we lost my mom suddenly to a, a fall off of her horse four years ago, and, and uh, just yesterday was the anniversary of, of her death. And, and her influence in me has been populating back up all week long, just populating itself, and me missing her, and me being thankful for her being my mom the way she was, influencing me still today the way she has. But I look forward to seeing Jesus. And right behind her, right behind Jesus, I look forward to seeing her. I have this hope. And where does this hope come from? It comes from these sacred scriptures that gives me this hope. It's not just a well, it's just not a wish or a coping method. It's a hope that I have that is binding. Paul says in verse 50 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is the last verse I'm going to have for us today. Paul says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. You see, in this verse, we see that our bodies are perishable and they're going to rot. They're going to die and they're going to rot. We must remember, we must remember the powerful private dialogue that Jesus had with Nicodemus in the cloud of night, a private conversation between one of Israel's greatest Pharisees, teachers of the law, and Jesus. Nicodemus pursued Jesus because he knows there's something different about him. And Jesus punches him in the face right away and says, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Truly, truly. That's important. It's repetitive. He's being truthful with them. You must be born again. Do you know him? Does he know you? Our hope in Jesus, this affects our worldview. The hope that we have in heaven and the hope that we can be agents of his grace to let people know about the realities of not being in heaven with God continually and being in hell. We have that privilege, we have that right. Those of us who have come to Jesus and know him, this affects our worldview, this affects the way we behave, this affects how we're informed and how we behave and treat one another. This hope in Jesus is a very critical piece to the puzzle. this moment, I'd like for you all to close your eyes. I want to lead you through an exercise here. Please close your eyes, and Christine and the worship team, could you please come up here so I prepare to close? I want you to think, have you ever noticed that certain experiences, again, close your eyes, have you ever noticed that certain experiences provoke a profound flow of emotion, and you're not surely, you're not entirely sure why? and you become overwhelmed. And these experiences and emotions are good. They are good, they are very, very good. We know that all goodness here comes from our Father in heaven who is good. He extends them to us. 
And I believe these experiences are a foretaste of our resurrection with him forever. A few of mine, the pleasing aroma of a deep purple iris in spring. My mother introduced me to that flower when I was five years old. And it penetrates my heart every time I look at one and see one and smell one. I think of her. A walk in an aspen stand on an autumn afternoon and your feet become so light it becomes a dance of delight. The birth of a long-awaited baby. A treasured song that recalls memories shared with a loved one. Maybe it's a poem. Maybe it's enjoying a good meal of savory food with the love of your life that you have to put your fork down. And thank God. Maybe it's standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon, seeing how small you are and how big God is. Maybe it's swimming with beautiful fish, with beautiful people, and catching a sea turtle out of the corner of your mask. These and many, many more are just good experiences, but they are a foretaste of our resurrection with Jesus forever and ever. Do you know him? Does he know you? God created us to be with him. And our sin has separated him, us from him. Sin cannot be erased by good deeds, but paying the price Christ died. And everyone who trusts in him will have life eternal. And life eternal means we'll be Jesus forever. Father, thank you for the precious hope and the goodness of the gospel that we find in your word. Help us, Lord, to respond to your great, great grace and the hope that we have in you. Help us to spur one another on to this good news. Help us to sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. Help us to not be alone in this effort of this world as we yearn and ache and long to be with you, Jesus, and to be with our family and friends forever ever and ever. Thank you for the gift of salvation that you give us. Thank you for this promise of a hope, a life eternal in heaven with you with a body that is built forever. Thank you that this is your design, this is your idea. We praise you. We certainly praise you. We give you all the glory that you are due. And I pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. This has been a presentation of LifePoint Church. 
It is our greatest desire that every person would trust Jesus Christ as the leader of their lives and the forgiver of their sins. If you would like to make this decision today or find out more, please visit sharethelife.org.